Took a little while for the Utah Jazz to heat up, but they did by the end and dominated the hapless San Antonio Spurs down the stretch for a blowout 118-102 win. Sparked by Chris Dunn? Yup. We're talking about it on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz have moved to 7th in the Western Conference with a win tied with the Warriors and the Wolves now with 500 records. And the Jazz now uh, put the Spurs to their 16th straight loss, their 19th straight road loss. This was a tale of two halves. The Jazz got blasted early, down 19-5. to And then the Spurs kind of held on. And they really disrupted everything Utah was doing in the first half. The Jazz offensive rating in the first quarter was an 84. It was a 102 by the second quarter. It was a 106 by the third. Like, they weren't getting that much better. It was really the Spurs defense was causing the Jazz lots of problems. And, frankly, the Jazz defense is what kind of kicked in in the second half that that changed the game. But what did the Spurs do that caused the Jazz so many problems, and why were they able to finally break through? They took the Jazz out of their 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 offense for the most part because when I saw this morning, the Jazz were going to do a lot of slips. I mean, they were going to uh, set screens and, and slip to the basket and try to take, force the defense to overreact one way and get some layups and get some points in the paint. Uh, that did not happen. I think the switching one through five kept them from, 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 from doing those things. And then the fact that they were knocking down three-point shots, I mean, just really uh, separated themselves from the Jazz because of that. Now, if, if the Jazz aren't scoring and they're giving up threes, now all of a sudden you're down 14 points. The Jazz Spurs opened the game going 8 of 18 from three. They went 4 of 8 in the first quarter. They went 4 of 10 in the second quarter, and then they went 1-4 the rest of the way. That changes the game a great deal. The Spurs came in as the 21st-ranked three-point shooting team, taking the 28th most in the league. It was not; it was unnatural for them to hit 7 of 14 above the break threes to open the night. That We kind of said that, uh, that that was going to finally quell. The Jazz kind of weathered that storm. Um, they were sparked by Chris Dunn tonight. Chris Dunn had 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 8 assists tonight. He he really, Taylor Horton-Tucker, I think picked up two fouls in about the opening five minutes. We were just, like, did not have anything. And he was the one guy that was getting in the lane and making plays. And then he continued to all night long. And you could see that after they were, the San Antonio Spurs was up 14. They didn't go up any more than that. And it was because of, of Dunn's play there, especially there in that second quarter, that really kept them from separating themselves from the Jazz and to the point where the Jazz are down 20 or something like that. But Dunn had one heck of a second quarter, I thought, that really got things going there for the Jazz. I think in that second quarter, he ended up with... Boy, where is he? Well, he ended up with 15. He had 11 points at the half. But David, he did not turn the ball over one time. Wow, that's incredible. Really, you said during the broadcast tonight, like, Chris Dunn arrived at the perfect time. <laughs> Absolutely, because it's something the Jazz need, and and the fact that he's six foot three, uh, and and uh, he rebounds, he can get into the paint, and and watching him, you know, probably a little bit longer to see if he sets guys up to distribute the basketball to get assists, you know, that, that type of thing. But right now, you can see he can score in the paint, get shoot over the top of guys, and and. Uh, he was a welcome addition, I think. He has incredible length. I mean, yeah. that, is, mm-hmm. and you can see that both he and Juan Toscana Anderson are both bona fide defensive mm-hmm. players. We really have not had a lot of guys, mm-hmm. so we're bona fide on ball, legit defensive players. Those two guys, if you're the opposing 
player, and you're coming up the floor, and one of those two guys is guarding you. You are not real pleased about it. Yeah, we saw that with Anderson uh, on a couple of occasions here tonight. Um, but just think about the teams that defend the Jazz sometimes. Just think we can go back as far as last year's team uh, when those wing defenders, guys 6'4", six, 6'5", six, uh, that would switch all over the floor and gave the Jazz problems. I think that's going to give Will with, with Anderson and, and, uh, and Dunn, it's going to give uh, Will a chance to do some of those things there as well. By the way, the way it works, he's on a 10-day contract, and then you can sign him to a second 10-day contract, and then after that you have to decide whether you're going to give him a contract for the rest of the year. You also, the Jazz are in an interesting situation if they really believe in Chris Dunn, that's worth noting. They have salary cap space left. You could actually sign him for a something more than the minimum with a second or third year on it if he's willing to do something of that sort. So that would be the one thing, if you really believe long-term, that the former fifth pick of the draft is someone you want to have on your there, roster. There's also a rule in there where you have to have him signed or something in order for him to play during the playoffs there as well. Uh, May 1st. May or 1st. March 1st. March 1st. March 1st. So and that's coming up next week. Jazz have moved to seventh, by the way, in the Western Conference uh, with this win tonight. Uh, tied with the Warriors and the Wolves. I saw the question come in, who do we want to win tomorrow when the Wolves and the Warriors play? My answer to that is I think we always want the Wolves to lose because we have their draft pick. And so we probably are rooting for the Warriors in that one. If, uh, if you have to pick someone to root for, um, I would do that. Um, so Lowry Markin can't make threes in the first through third quarters, evidently, um, and can in the fourth. He went three for three tonight. Uh, he had another 14-point fourth quarter, I believe. He finished with 27 again tonight. They really were zeroed in on him, and he broke them in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it started by him driving to the basket, and he has a very good ability when he's driving. Doesn't hardly get that high off the floor, but he has a little move where he puts the shoulder into the guys, and then he hangs a little bit and able to bank it off the glass. But at that height uh, and, and his ability to put the ball on the floor and does what, he, what he's doing just shows that I need to change my game uh, and I'm not just going to run around trying to shoot threes or anything like that. I need to change my game and, and make some things happen. And he's been able to do that. He's a second-half player. It's interesting. If he doesn't get started in that first quarter like, you know, like he's done sometimes, then that second half he usually gets going. It's interesting. He is just seems so much more confident with his power game, right? When the three doesn't go, he has this other option, and he, he seems really confident playing with that. Even showed the dexterity of trying a left-handed runner at one point tonight um it did not go in but it, it seemed like it was viable um so I, I mean i think that that's like when you talk about his growth and his development I, one of the coaches talked about how confident he seems in his decision making in in everything he's doing uh, i think that's what you're seeing is is him understanding the game and understanding which skill he can use yeah and absolutely and i totally agree with that and if i remember correctly i think he's about 61 62 percent in the paint at the rim I got it. I got it. You have it? I think he's 62, somewhere in there. Let's see. David's little spreadsheet pops up. Lowry Markin, 70% at the rim, 47% in the paint non-restricted area. Yeah, so that's tells you, that tells you right there that, you know, he's really helped this game. <laughs> yes, Mr. Moon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just... Just us laughing, giggling over here. Just little children. Things that go on in the arena. Yes. Um, <laughs> how important is it that every night Walker Kessler and Ochai Abaji are on the floor to close games? It's, you're looking down the line here. I mean, they started the season off uh, 
rebuilding, developing players. Uh, they got a, a, a player that's drafted the 22nd, got a player that's drafted 14th. Those are the players you're trying to develop to go along with, with a player that's drafted 7th in, in marketing. And you're building your team starting with those three guys. So the more experience those two guys get, the better they are next season. Jazz win it tonight by the final score of 118 to 102. What are we doing for our stars tonight? I think I'm going with Dunn and marketing. Ochai was plus 20 tonight. Yeah. I'm going with Dunn and Marker. Walker Kessler had nine points, 12 rebounds, two assists, five blocks tonight. It was plus but 10. But start looking at when things happen. And, and so how we went small. Value we went to the small lineup with Rudy Gay at center in a one-point game. Maybe I have to give Rudy Gay the star for playing with a broken nose on a mask that doesn't fit him entirely. Yeah. Rick, uh, Larry Markin? Yeah. I mean, like, we've given what? Lowry Markin like a lot of stars. Like, his helmet is full. Okay, if you want to, if you want to take the stars off of Markin's helmet, then let's go with Abaji. 31 minutes, 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. We had no threes there, by the way, in the first quarter. We had 3 of 13 threes in the first half, and we went 5, and we hit 7 threes in the uh, second half of this game. Our three-point shooting is not quite what it once was, by the way. It's definitely different. We've given up some three-point shooters. Yes, we have. All right. You guys decide in the chat room of whether you want Lowry Markinen or whether you want Ochai Abaji for your second star. We are definitely set on Chris Dunn as the first star. That's a pretty neat story that Chris Dunn, having spent the year in the G League, now coming on a 10-day contract and having these big games. Jazz and the Spurs Tuesday. Tuesday, two days off between now and then as the Jazz get ready for the Spurs. Thanks so much for tuning in to Postcast.